This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. In mid-December of 2012, 20 elementary school children and seven elementary staff and faculty members were killed in a mass shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut a tragedy that rocked our country as a horrific act of senseless gun violence. Of the adults lost in this event, four of them were alumni of Southern Connecticut State University in New Haven, Connecticut. In 2012, SCSU conducted a juried competition seeking submissions for a conceptual way to honor and remember their lost SCSU family members. The winning design was by art student Carlene Barnes, and it combines art, physical spaces, and the idea of bringing people together. Barnes's original concept featured a central, large, circular, O-shaped sculpture set into a space planted with restful lavender and memorial red poppies. In an effort to bring this vision into being, in 2016, SCSU faculty and staff reached out to the Julie Moore Meservee Design Studio based in Saxton's River, Vermont. They asked her to help them complete the design in a way that would fit into the campus as a whole and to install the garden on the campus. On May 4th of this year, the Southern Connecticut State University family, students, staff, faculty, and neighboring New Haven community members dedicated this new reflection garden on the school's campus. The garden honors and remembers the alumni lost in the Sandy Hook shooting in a remembrance area of compassion. And the garden goes even further to pay tribute to and embody in a living garden the ideals of social justice that are a key area of focus for the university. These core values of social justice are dignity, respect, civility, kindness, and compassion. In honor of the upcoming Memorial Day holiday, today we're joined by members of the SCSU staff and faculty, as well as by Jana Bryan, senior landscape architect for the project, to hear more about this garden and the expansive collaborative process that helped bring it to life. In the first part of the program, we speak with Carrie Swanson, an SCSU librarian and recording secretary for the SCSU Reflection Garden Council, as well as with Joe Bertolino, also known as President Joe, president of the university. In the second half of the program, we speak with Jana Bryan, the senior landscape architect, as well as with Professor William Faraklis, one of the several faculty, which also included Dan Kamingay, who shepherded the garden into being over the last few years. All of our guests join us today via Skype. Welcome, Carrie and President Joe. Carrie, I would like to start with you, and I'd like to get a little bit of visual description of the garden, the way that it looks now that it's in and open to the public. The garden is on the southeast side of the campus, which is behind the main academic buildings. It's about 0.04 acres. It's a circle, and then there are, it's surrounded by plantings, and at the center is the 
alumni uh, Sandy Hook Memorial sculpture, which is a 10-foot circle on a pedestal. When you enter the garden, you're walking on granite path that goes around either side, a circle of granite um, that is in the center, uh, pea gravel, and there is a half circular bench on one side that is opposite the sculpture itself. The palette of the plants is towards mellow and relaxing white uh, lavender. There's lavender planted. There are red poppies. There are blueberry plants, a high and low bush, and uh, grasses like dwarf fountain grass. So it, it's beautiful. Yeah. And in terms of the symbology of the, the circles and the materials and the plants being um, tending towards the mellow, talk to us a little bit about the symbolism there, Carrie. So that was an important part of the process of developing the, the garden and reflecting the um, Carly Barnes original design for the memorial. Specific shapes, circle, continuity, and also there are deltas in the, uh, in the granite representing change. The plant palette being calm, relaxing, reflexive. It's not just the way it looks. It's when you are in the garden. It's when you are looking through the sculpture out onto the pond that's down the hill from the garden and out towards the city of New Haven, which is beyond. Carrie, describe for us that central sculpture that you're talking about. The sculpture is a 10-foot tall circle of wood. At the center of that circle are four LED elements that in the dark are lit and you can see them glowing. In the daytime, the wood is very glossy and it reflects the sky and the sun and the plants around it. Everyone has been encouraged to touch the sculpture. It's very smooth and beautiful. It's curves and not just the circle itself, but the curves of the sculpture is is just wonderful. And because it reflects the area around it, it, it sort of draws you in and then you look out. And, and it also is impressive when there's a group of people or more than one person there because that scale gives you a sense of your togetherness with the people in contrast to it's 10 feet. It's, it's very tall. The undulation results in different varying reflection. You can see the sky and the plants at the same time. When you're standing in front of the sculpture, you are also standing in a circle right. because you're standing in the pea gravel that's surrounded by the granite. So you're sort of embraced or encompassed by the garden and the sculpture and the, the stone elements of the mm. garden. Thank you very much, Carrie. Thank you. So, President Joe, tell us in your own words and sentiments, since you have been on the campus for almost two years now, what is the purpose of this garden to you and your students and your larger community? Well, as you've heard earlier, it's a fabulous garden. And I think the primary purpose is to celebrate life um, in all its forms. Uh, those lives uh, that were lost at Sandy Hook and perhaps other tragedies. But more importantly, I think the lives of our students, our faculty, our staff, our alums, the community we serve, 
friends, family, and, and, and those who touch our lives daily. I think in, in many ways the purpose is to provide a space, a space for reflection, for contemplation, and one that reflects or allows one to reflect on the five pillars of social justice here at the university, um, dignity, respect, kindness, compassion, and civility, and perhaps also to reflect on the celebrations, the challenges, the paths, the opportunities, and, and the values we face daily, we live every day. So for me, the, the primary purpose uh, centers almost exclusively on this concept of, of social justice and on the importance of bringing together a community and building relationships, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I am really struck by with this garden is this multiple layer of meaning, multiple layers of meaning in the word reflection, um, that of us as human beings thinking about things and thinking about events or activities, the past, the future, our dreams, and reflection having something that we see ourselves in and or that reflect a community or values that kind of showing to the outer world something of importance. How is this meaningful, these these two different layers? How are they meaningful to you when you think of the makeup of your student body, the makeup of your faculty, and the makeup of the larger community surrounding the school, President Joe? Well, again, I think for me, this is a living memorial, a, a, a living entity in all of its forms in order for individuals to connect, connect with themselves, connect with others, connect with the world around them, to experience what is happening both in them and around them. Our community is is a special one. We are an access institution, as I mentioned before, committed to social justice. Our students primarily are from working class families. I, I generally refer to Southern as a working class university. 85 plus percent of our students actually work to put themselves through school. A number of our faculty and staff, in fact, all of our faculty and staff, have committed their lives to the service of students in many ways, uh, both in the classroom and outside of the classroom. And ultimately, I think the garden and, and the opportunity to reflect provides an opportunity for interconnectedness, however one might define that. And for some, it's a spiritual connectedness. For some, it's a personal connectedness. For some, it's a community connectedness. And so it, it, it's certainly an, an experience that can be personal and individual while simultaneously being one that allows one to experience another in, mm-hmm. in one way, shape, or form, if that makes any sense. Why is this a garden? It could have been a wall. It could have been a statue. It could have been a mural or a plaque. What is the, what is the significance in your mind of it being a garden on your campus? 
Well, that's an easy response for me because it's a living entity. Mm -hmm. um, it is something that continues to grow, to evolve, and it's also a participatory entity. It, it requires someone to pay attention to it in order for it to thrive, just like our community, uh, individuals, individual members of our community and our community as a whole. In order to grow and to thrive and to develop, one needs to be cared for. And so I, I think uh, from, from my perspective, the garden reflects this ethic of care, if you will, what, what, what Carol Gilligan calls an ethic of care. And it, it is a reflection of what uh, uh, the, 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 the Jesuits call, I'm, I'm a Jesuit educated man, so the, the, what the Jesuits call in the Ignatian tradition, a curiae personalis, um, care for the whole person. Mm. And so I think that when one experiences the garden, they can do so in a passive way or in an active way. They can do so in a way that allows them to think and observe, or they can choose to get their hands dirty, <laughs> literally, mm -hmm. by participating in the planting and, and the growth of the garden and contribute to its life, to its development, to its care. And that's what we do here at Southern. Uh, our job is ultimately to till the soil of individuals, persons, personas, whatever you want to call it, and and help individuals to grow. I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful connection. Did you have anything else you would like to add regarding the hopes for this garden, President Joe? Well, my hope is that it will reflect the lens of social justice, which is the core value of our institution. And what that means for me and for our community is that equity matters, that accepting people where they are at matters, that focusing on and, and supporting uh, students and members of their, our community um, and what they need is vital to the growth of our community, the growth of individuals in our community. My hope is that as individuals sit at the garden, that they'll remember that this is a space that is a living reminder and that it will bring people together in community and remind folks that Southern is a good, caring neighbor. And will there be events and opportunities for members of the community as well as members of the student body, the faculty, the staff, to hold events in the garden, to plant, to weed, to help care for that kind of interactive engagement? I think that's the exciting part of this project, that this is a community endeavor, not just the Southern community endeavor, but the local community and beyond, whoever wishes to find their way here to Southern in New Haven to, as I mentioned earlier, get their hands dirty and participate, whether it's through an event that we've planned or an event that they're looking to plan. So I would like to invite anyone who's listening to find their way to Southern and experience our beautiful social justice reflection garden. Thank you very much for being with us today. I am very excited about the garden, and I wish it all the best for growth. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place. Today we're speaking with members of the Southern Connecticut State University in New Haven, Connecticut. 
Earlier this month, the school dedicated a reflection garden on their campus, one part of which is a memorial to four of their alumni lost to gun violence in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012. While the garden began as a memorial, over the course of the years and months conceiving and constructing the garden dedicated on May 4th, it was expanded to be a campus-wide garden, which is a living expression of the core ideals of social justice as embraced by this urban state university. These ideals include civility, respect, dignity, compassion, and kindness. We'll be back after a break to hear more. Stay with us. Hello, it's Jennifer. This garden journey story has gotten to me in a way that's new even for me. I have to tell you. Gardens have, since antiquity perhaps, been meaningful places of memorial and honor, of remembrance. But this SCSU Reflection Garden on the campus of this state university in the heart of an industrial urban community has very consciously taken the concept of memorial and amplified and deepened it. In this garden story, the concept of memorial was placed in a chalice of community, of communal sadness, anger, frustration, and confusion. It was combined caringly together with broader ideals of respect and civility, of listening carefully and speaking thoughtfully. Then, additional elements of hardworking, living, loving people came together with the tenderness of hope in the midst of loss and with the transformational intentions and faith action that is required for communities to come together at all and which are also required to plan and plant a garden. It's far too easy, I know, for the lessons of a garden to be reduced to cliché. For age-old statements like, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow, to be reduced to bumper stickers and cheap plastic signs. But, but, in the embrace of this reflection and remembrance garden, where raw human emotion and need, human nature, both violent and sad, artistic and generative, mother nature and faith are held together within encompassing, overlapping, intertwining circles, both tangible and reflected. This is the embodiment of believing in tomorrow and believing in the importance of taking care of tomorrow today. And now back to the conversation in honor of the Memorial Day weekend about the planning and planting of the newly dedicated Reflection Garden on the campus of Southern Connecticut State University in New Haven, Connecticut. This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. In honor of the upcoming Memorial Day holiday, this week we're speaking with four members of the Southern Connecticut State University's Reflection Garden Council, which included staff, faculty, and the senior landscape architect for the project. The SCSU Reflection Garden not only serves as a celebration and memorial of the lives of four alumni of SCSU 
lost to gun violence at the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012, it also serves as a living expression of five ideals of greater social justice in our world. We're back after a break. Welcome. So, Jana, we have heard from President Joe and Carrie Swanson on the Southern Connecticut State University side of this whole process. And I'd love to start with you as to where the design studio came in, what their original understanding of the scope and hopes for this garden were going to be. And then we'll explore a little bit more the design process from there. We had a, we received an email from Dan Kemengay, SCSU, and he was very excited to get in touch with us and share some initial ideas he had for a reflection garden on their campus. There was an initial idea they had for an area of the campus that is um, currently a little underused, but has a lot of history to the school itself. It's a quieter part of the campus, and they had some ideas to create valuable space there that can be used differently than other academic and other ball fields and activities elsewhere on the campus. So he and colleagues came to our little studio in Saxons River and shared with us these broad ideas and the clear vision they had of creating a garden that had embedded values of social justice and somehow having this campus speak to greater values than simply beauty and surrounding yourself with beauty and nature, but to try to help teach and embed those values in their student campus, as well as the community. They have a strong uh, connection with their community and the, the neighborhoods surrounding their campus. Dan and his colleagues, when they came to Vermont, they spoke about this garden, and it was very moving. We were all um, interested in in helping them find the appropriate memorial space. But at the same time, we worked at a larger scale to try to understand how it fits in the campus and how it fits within these values of social justice. Mm-hmm. So we sort of worked on in two at two levels at the same time, or understanding two levels. Right. Those values that we talked about earlier as well with President Joe include dignity, respect, civility, kindness, and compassion. You became the project manager and the designer. Walk us through the design process you went through in order to try and encompass these values into a garden space and be able to reflect the diverse stakeholders the garden is hoping to serve. When Julie and I work together on a project, a campus, a botanical garden, a larger project that involves many stakeholders, we bring them all together very early on in the process and hold a visioning session. And it's a wonderful opportunity for people to hear each other, for ideas to blossom, you know, big ideas to come to come up to the surface. Julie loves to ask a question early on in each visioning session, and she asks, when you were a child, where did you go for daydreaming and reflection? And it usually gets everybody thinking about their favorite places in the landscape. So everybody really has a sense of comfort where they where they enjoy being in the landscape, and it's a great starting point. 
from there, we ask further questions about the site itself. And in this case, we ask questions about these values, these social justice values, to try to have them help us understand what respect feels like in a physical space and what a compassion feels like. So we we asked them all to think of an experience they had with dignity or with kindness, and they shared those experiences. Um, and then we asked them other questions to get a, a sense of a physical space. Describe to me who is sitting at this table for this particular group of stakeholders, and then the kinds of responses you might have gotten from a question like, what does dignity feel like? Mm -hmm. Well, we held three visioning sessions uh, in March of 2017. One was with the students, a second session was with the faculty and staff, and the third was with the community members. What I found really, really fascinating was that the students were very capable of speaking in these social justice terms and these values. They had rich experiences. They knew immediately what respect felt like and had a lot of experience to call on to help answer our questions. Mm -hmm. And so some of the answers when we asked them about civility, how civility feels, They said it's balanced, formal and informal, horizontal and vertical. So some of the questions we asked in the workshops are things we think about in terms of designing space. Is it vertical or horizontal? Is it soft or hard? Is it dark or light? So when we ask these questions about respect, some of the answers we got back were very enlightening, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Respect is radiant and illuminating and has a forward gesture, some of the students said. It was not random or scattered, but organized and structured. And when we talked about dignity, some of the responses we got, it feels light and warm like the sun. It relates to honor. It's hard to build, but easy to lose. Mm-hmm. It's a social and curvilinear gesture. And it's both intimate and immense. It's intimate in that you treat yourself with dignity, but immense in that you treat all others with dignity. Mm. So these were, the students themselves brought these big ideas or elaborated on these big ideas to help give form to these values. The community workshop, we asked some of the same questions, but we also reflected these answers back to the community. We received feedback from um, different organizations near the community in order to understand how this area of the campus might reach and connect with other local school gardens or other organizations, and then how those organizations can also be invited into this area of the campus. And so how do you take all of that, Jana, and incorporate it and express it in a landscape? What we developed is really a master plan for this area of the campus, something that we can return to as we, as SCSU decides to improve some existing areas they have on campus or develop a new, another new garden. The process, from reading all the notes, from, from reviewing and, and thinking about the feedback that we got from the workshops, it just sort of fell into place with the programs and the connections to the community 
that also needed to happen on campus. So civility being very formal and straightforward naturally fell into the places on campus that were gateways or thresholds into and out of this area of the campus. It's a very formal place for uh, civility. An entry or gateway is a, is a pleasant introduction to a new place or space. It's both fluid and formal. So civility was the first impression for the reflection garden. Mm-hmm. Respect being radial in form became the areas for outdoor classrooms. They provide an atmosphere for mutual understanding, for listening and learning, and acknowledging values and accomplishments. These were responses from the students or, and the staff Respect is a is a horizontal peer-to-peer gesture, so it had a space for, with a lot of balance. Dignity is the state or quality of being worthy. We knew we knew that, and then from the workshops, we understood that a stage or an amphitheater is a, embodies dignity, and it can create an intimate experience for a visitor or an onlooker, but an immense experience for the person on stage or or the one um, being honored. We found that compassion has a different scale than dignity. It, it's a much more intimate space. It has a harbor-like feeling, very safe and um, contemplative. So we found places on campus that had a little alcoves and areas on the campus that, that naturally have that, that safe feeling became areas of compassion. And kindness some of the feedback we received is that kindness was very fluid and organic and it and it can be a small gesture but have an immense impact and that naturally fell into the paths the the ways in which you can connect all of these other spaces the paths would have they'd be curvilinear paths with maybe areas for small gestures and, and exchanges and ultimately link everything together wow so we have the gateways representing civility and we have the outdoor classrooms of interaction and interconnection representing respect we have these stages or a stage representing dignity and then we have a a range of compassion memorial spaces and finally these are all connected together by paths of kindness is that right yes that's right that is a beautiful uh, representation, and I love the symbology of all of these things, especially given that I understand from something you said earlier that in the course of the design process, while you're trying to incorporate a memorial for the four members of the SCSU alumna student body who had died in the Sandy Hook shooting, in this process, the Parkland shooting took place. And so you made a decision to expand the idea of memorial or compassion to be an evolving inclusion. Yes, that that's right. The morning after the Parkland news, uh, Dan called me and said, we need to reconsider the name for this particular garden. It is inspired and it began with their own alumni, their, their close community, but it needed to respond and be understood by a larger, more more um, experiences as they happen. Yeah. When you were choosing some of the, the stronger characteristic plants for this space, 
uh, walk us through some of those that that sort of come up for you as you're thinking about it in retrospect and which ones had strong meaning for you, Jana? In in the Remembrance Garden, some of the key plantings originated from Carly's concept. She wanted to include lavender in this garden to help with some relaxation and and a sort of calming, fragrant qualities that lavender has. Some other plants, we incorporated red oriental poppies, which are symbolically a flower that represents memorials or memories. The garden has a series of layers, if you can imagine. It's, it's a small space and a very um, open space, but it also has a, um, a harbor form encompassing plantings as you walk in and then walk around an ilex glabra hedge, which is a very soft evergreen shrub. You walk around the shrub and then into the central circle, circular space along the ilex hedge is a curved bench that when you sit, you're positioned to view the, the, the sculpture and view through the sculpture to the um, city of New Haven. One of the, the strong design concepts um, from Carly's original design is that when you come into, when you view the sculpture, you are presented with your connection to another community. This is a very important and overall concept of this space. A lot of the other plant material that we incorporated into this garden addressed some of the other requests for garden spaces from other faculty and the and the botany club actually wanting um, plants to help have opportunities to teach about pollinators for example or ecosystems so the garden is first and foremost a memorial a space for contemplation but can be used on multiple levels for the school. They are all very eager to use new garden spaces for teaching and teaching outdoors. When you look back over this process, which was almost 18 months long, what, what is your greatest sort of joy or pride in what this garden accomplishes? I think trying to understand how social justice values may be expressed in a landscape and having that level of understanding for these spaces and seeing is is something I'm 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 proud of I'm I'm very happy to have been involved in this design process to see other people care so much about wanting spaces that reflect and represent those values. I didn't, I don't know that I ever imagined I would be asked to work on a garden like this. Hmm. I think seeing all the community members, seeing people, their expressions and their, the emotions that came out and at the dedication was remarkable. Also, it was it was a beautiful day and it was a, the sculpture was beautiful and the, the plants were beautiful. Everything, there wasn't anything that could be more beautiful than that, yeah. than that afternoon. 
Thank you very much for being a guest on the program today. It's an honor to talk about this work and this beautiful garden that you have designed in collaboration with this larger group of people, Jana. Thank you. It's wonderful to to share. I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place. We're speaking today with members of the Southern Connecticut State University in New Haven, Connecticut, to hear more about their new Reflection Garden, a living metaphor for the values of social justice on the university's campus. The original design for the memorial aspect of this newly dedicated Reflection Garden was created by an art student at SCSU, Carlene Barnes, in 2015. Carly envisioned a large circular sculpture representing peace, set into a relaxing, fragrant, lavender and memorial red poppy garden. The sculpture was ultimately crafted of a warm, glossy wood by sculptor Richard Duca and crafted to endure weather and the environment for up to a hundred years by Brooklyn Boatyard of Brooklyn, Maine. The sculpture, the center of which is embedded with four fiber optic lights that glow at night, is now the central compelling feature of the Remembrance Garden within the Reflection Garden. We'll be back after a break to hear more about this powerful public garden. Stay with us. Hey, it's me again. I've been thinking a lot about how gardens and gardeners change the world around them. And when in the course of this conversation, Jana Bryan, the senior landscape architect, discusses the way in which she translated the concepts of civility and respect and dignity into physical spaces, I was as moved as perhaps I've ever been when hearing the story of a garden. And as you people know, gardens move me. I can only imagine how long Jana turned the collection of thoughts and impressions from the visioning sessions before she came to her ideas of how to embody and manifest civility, respect, dignity, compassion, kindness into a physical form. It's seminal work in my mind. Entryways and thresholds as the physical form of civility, the radial nature of respect, the pathways of kindness. As part of the process of this garden vision and making on their campus, the Reflection Garden Council identified areas across their campus which embodied these ideals already. This made me consider my own garden and yours and public and private gardens I hold dear. When I walk in my own garden, are my entryways introducing themselves to people entering with civility? Are there areas of compassion or respect and dignity here? Are the pathways in my garden those of kindness, beauty, embrace, soothing fragrance, food and shelter, medicine and refuge? All of these things I hope for in a garden. But this garden, and the community that came together to conceive and birth it have expanded me and my garden understandings once again. Like a caterpillar who sloughed one skin for the next size up, I will never look at a garden the same way again. Okay, now back to the story, both tragic and heartening, of this reflection garden. 
a place to reflect on the ways of this world and a place to reflect back to the world all that we believe in working for with thought and love, with soil and sun, with flowers and foliage and fragrance. Cura personalis, to be sure. This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. This week, we're speaking with four members of the Southern Connecticut State University's Reflection Garden Council, including staff, faculty, and the senior landscape architect. The SCSU Reflection Garden not only serves as a celebration and memorial, it also serves as a living expression of five ideals of greater social justice. Civility, respect, dignity, compassion, and kindness. We're back after a break. Welcome. Professor William Veraklis joins us today as well via Skype. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, Bill, describe for us your actual position at the university. I'm a professor of public health, and I'm just finishing my 43rd year at Southern. And tell me about the experience of the time at Southern right after the Sandy Hook event. Give us a little bit of history from your perspective on that time period. The the tragedy at Sandy Hook hit everybody uh, very hard. Um, it was difficult to distinguish our personal feelings of loss um, of the uh, four uh, alumni um, from Southern and just the general sense of um, uh, horror. It was clear that there was a a personal loss at Southern that we needed to um, acknowledge in a very real way. It was a, a loss that we had to somehow process. Someone on our campus, a woman named uh, Rosalind Amenta, had a wonderful idea that we should design a memorial and that the memorial should come from within our campus community. And so she organized a competition and there were a number of entries. It was a a, a juried competition. And one of our students, uh, Carlene uh, Barnes, created a design uh, and and it was selected. Um, It was very uh, simple and elegant, very um, uh, peaceful and beautiful. The concept of her original design is manifest in the memorial that we now have on our campus. She designed a circle um, out of metal. It had uh, four legs holding it up, representing the four women. It also had uh, four lights that came out from the circle into the middle, um, representing the light that that they had brought into the world and that and that remains in the world. Her design was a very narrow band of metal, a circle that doesn't end, and having light coming out into the world. And her idea was to position it exactly where it is positioned on our campus now, mm. overlooking a pond uh, in, the, in the near distance and in the far distance, looking out at the city which really is uh, something we need to think about when we think about social justice issues, when we think about gun violence. And because we were in very, very close consultation with uh, people in 
the town of Newtown, uh, we learned that there was a, a strong um, preference of not to have memorials uh, that were made of metal. Mm. We ultimately decided on wood, which is natural and beautiful. And once we got to that point, it seemed it seemed so obvious that that's that should have been the beginning point. And there is a feeling that people get from being in the garden space, which is so serene and peaceful, and being near this towering 10-foot-high monument that in its very um, beautiful, curved, smooth um, appearance uh, draws people in. And describe the process of then the staff and administration saying, okay, we need to move forward with this and we need to contact somebody who can help us actually make this happen and be a reality on our campus. There was a conversation in the summer of 2016 about dusting off Carly Barnes' design, which had been sitting on a shelf for several years. Um, We had a new president, Joe Bertolino, who when he found out that the sculpture had been uh, designed in concept but had not been uh, built, uh, said to us, we must do this, build a sculpture, create a space for it. Um, We knew, however, that this could not happen in a vacuum. Um, uh, It couldn't be a few people uh, putting this together we had to figure out what the garden space would look like. In fact, we hadn't even really decided that there would be a garden space at that point, just that there would be a a memorial. Mm. But we understood that others suffer from gun violence. Um, What happened in Sandy Hook was a terrible tragedy. Um, There is a a slow motion tragedy happening in, in New Haven, where our university is located. Um, where young people die from gun violence one at a time, two at a time. And so we wanted this fact, this um, memorial to honor the four alumni, the four women who died at Sandy Hook, but we wanted it to stand for hope. We wanted it to stand for the idea that we could solve this problem of violence um, that is plaguing our nation. And so this led to the concept of having a place that would um, draw people in to visit the memorial so that it wouldn't just be something that people would pass by, but it would be something that would get people to stop and think. And then the idea of reflection was introduced and we thought we need a reflection garden We need to have people think more about the problems in our nation and to go beyond that and think about the solutions to those problems. And and that was the connection with social justice. Mm -hmm. The Remembrance Garden is one alcove of space, and it's designated one of the areas of compassion, and that the larger reflection garden concept is integrated into that whole side of the campus, but is also kind of interwoven with the entire campus identifying areas of dignity, areas of respect, areas of compassion throughout the campus so that 
it's almost like the entire campus then becomes a reflection garden or, or part of the reflection garden mission. Yes, and there's always that moment of critical mass or that boiling point. As we begin to develop more garden spaces and as people begin to have the experiences we hope they will have of um, conducting scholarship, uh, having spaces, outdoor spaces for teaching and learning, um, for students finding a place on campus where they can really find meaning in the things that they're studying, where members of the surrounding communities can come and interact with us, where the world meets at a junction and becomes, becomes one, that at some point um, we won't really even be thinking about anything other than having a campus where the intellectual world meets the physical world, where we remember that we used to roll in the grass as children, and somehow uh, that brought us some very wonderful feelings um, where we are um, at one with our environment, where we uh, lose the world um, and sort of gain a, a sense of uh, being, of spirituality. Um, and I think that, that that can happen on our campus. And I think it will happen if we... Um, if we just keep focused on the idea that we we believe, uh, I, in my among my colleagues on campus, there has been for a long time uh, a great focus of activity on uh, social justice and uh, teaching and research and um, exposing students to. Um, experiences. So this is this is nothing new, but the garden gives us an opportunity to proclaim those values, and uh, through that declaration, um, to engage other people in wanting to do the work that is necessary to to take our beliefs um, uh, beyond thoughts and into action, so that we're not just talking about social justice but so that we are promoting social justice. And I think uh, we, we risk losing touch with things that are real. I think going into a garden space um, where there is sky and earth and green plants and colorful flowers and beautiful fragrances cannot, cannot fail to um, bring peace and uh, to allow safety for reflection and to bring out the best in all of us. Our garden invites people in. You have to walk in a circle to get in. You walk into the center and you step on crushed stone, pea gravel, and it changes. The earth moves under your feet and it symbolizes that change is constant, but it also reminds us that every time we step, we make an impression mm -hmm. and we can determine what we want that impression to be. When people came to the dedication ceremony that preceded the ribbon cutting, uh, there was hardly a dry eye in the room when we talked about what we were trying to accomplish and why we wanted to honor 
our alumni. What we tried to infuse into the garden was a, a something that would cause people to stop and have a moment of remembrance so we will never forget the alumni, but to understand that the purpose of memorializing is not to be stuck in time, but to insist upon hope and to insist upon moving forward. When the sun goes down, there is a glow that comes out of the memorial. There's a, a, a happy a happenstance that um, there are some uh, lights on campus that reflect on the outer edge of the, of the memorial, and it's just beautiful. But inside the ring, there are four strands of fiber optic lights, one for each of the women who died as she was trying to protect children in the school. And those lights glow. There's nothing glaring. It is, it is just a beautiful glow that reminds us that they brought light into the world and that their light still shines in the world. We need to go into the garden and think about who we are, what we stand for, and how we would like to be remembered sometime in the future. And leave those impressions in the gravel and in the world and make sure that our light also will remain glowing after we are gone. Thank you very much for joining us today. I am honored to speak with you about this garden of both power and purpose in this world. It has been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so very much. William Faraklis is a professor of public health celebrating his 43rd year at Southern Connecticut State University. He worked closely with Dan Kamengay and other faculty and staff of the university, as well as with the Julie Moore Meservi Landscape Design Studio to shepherd the new reflection garden on the SCSU campus to life. Jana Bryan is the senior landscape architect for the reflection garden. President Joe Bertolino is the president of SCSU, and Carrie Swanson is the university librarian who also served as the secretary for the Reflection Garden Council over the course of the 18-month visioning, design, and installation process. With the entire team, staff and faculty included, having worked until the wee hours of the morning to complete the vision together, the Southern Connecticut State University Reflection Garden was opened and dedicated on May 4th of this year. I'd like to end today's episode by revisiting something that Bill Faraklis ended with, as I think it bears repeating. In this world, to us as gardeners, each of us in our very own ways as we enter into the Memorial Day weekend. He said, we need to go into the garden and think about who we are and what we stand for and how we would like to be remembered sometime in the future and leave those impressions in the gravel and in the world and make sure that our light also will remain glowing in the world after we're gone. May your Memorial Day weekend be one of power and purpose and intentional impressions left in the earth beneath your feet. 
Join us again next week as the conversations continue on the many ways that people engage in and grow from the cultivation of their places. Cultivating Place is a listener-supported co-production of North State Public Radio. The program is made possible in part by California Public Broadcasting and you. Our producer is Sarah Bohannon. Original theme music is by Ma Muse, accompanied by Joe Craven and Sam Bevan. To subscribe to the Cultivating Place podcast, as well as to read more about the SCSU Reflection Garden and see lots of photos of it, head over to cultivatingplace.com. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.